This episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors Podcast is brought to you by Beaver Creek Game Calls. At Beaver Creek Game Calls, all of our calls are handcrafted and held up to the highest standards. Our goal is to provide a quality custom call that every hunter can afford. We strive every day with this goal in mind. We also take pride in our customer service because without you, we wouldn't be able to do what we love and that is to make quality custom hunting calls. All of our calls are proudly made in the USA. Visit us online at beavercreekgamecalls.com and let us build your next call. Tired of looking for that perfect hunting or fishing boat only to see that it's out of stock at your nearest dealer? Well, welcome to Game Changer Boats. We specialize in custom aluminum hunting and fishing boats. If you can dream it, Game Changer Boats can build it. Top quality craftsmanship and attention to detail is what we guarantee our customers. And we are proudly built right here in Louisiana. You can visit us on Facebook at Game Changer Boats or email us directly at GameChangerBoats at Yahoo.com. Contact Game Changer Boats and let's see what we can build for you. Hey everybody, good evening and welcome to another episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Robery, and tonight, guys, we are on the road, me and Jackson, my son. We are, uh, it's Friday evening, 9.08 p.m., and uh, it's the weekend, guys, so it's always a good time if you guys are off tomorrow. Uh, hopefully, you're going to be able to get out there and do some hunting if you haven't been hunting this week, because I have to admit, I've been a little bit jealous this week sitting at work. I went back to work on Monday after that big cold front hit us this week, and uh, I knew, or I had had a feeling it was going to be a really good week this week and uh from what i'm seeing out there and from uh those of my buddies who i've been talking to that were able to hunt during the week um it looks like the duck action has definitely picked up this week guys so uh hopefully you are one of those guys or a group of guys that were able to go out there this week and uh and kill a mess of birds this week and kind of kind of get that second split off to a, a a good start i know when I say off to a good start, I know we're not at the beginning of the second split. We're a couple of weeks in now, but, um, you know, especially those of us who are in the east zone or let me say the, uh, yeah, I guess it's the east zone now because uh, there is a, a close in the split for the west zone, which used to be west, coastal, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so there is a little a little closure for that before it reopens again. But, uh, but those of us with the opportunity to hunt the east zone, Hopefully you were out there this week and uh, got to make some hunts and uh, and kill some birds. So that's a good thing. We're looking forward to it. I know sitting at work talking to a couple of buddies of mine that hunted this week um, and looking at social media, uh, man, it absolutely exploded this week. It looks like a lot of guys started, you know, bringing in some good straps of birds with this cold front that came through. And to be honest with you, man, this was the first big cold front of the year for us. Uh, not only here in Louisiana, but for most of us down south, you know. And, uh, you know, we ended Sunday. We got to hunt Sunday when the front came through last weekend. And you guys, if you listened to last week's show, you heard us talk about how we were optimistic for the rest of the season. If we could get some cold weather based on what we saw the front bring last week. And, uh, and you know, thinking about it all week and kind of having, you know, time to, to sit in the office, you know, and, and and eager to go again it got me thinking and uh i'm really excited for this hunt tomorrow morning uh, you know unfortunately the only bad thing about this weekend guys is if you are a weekend only hunter 
and only have access to hunt the weekends, which not only do we always have to put up with more pressure, more hunters out there, obviously, uh, but you look at the forecast, it's really not in our favor for the whole weekend this weekend. So uh, tomorrow, it appears as though we're going to be able to get our hunt in for the most part from what the forecast is showing, but you know how that goes. Uh, it's not too often the weathermen are right. If we if we go by that, um, we could end up getting some rain in the morning. But according to the forecast, it looks like we're going to be good for the most part uh, to get a hunt in tomorrow. Now, after tomorrow's hunt, that's where it's going to get kind of sketchy because it looks like Sunday is going to be a total washout for the most part. And the one thing that I see that I personally don't like is they're calling for severe thunderstorms, lightning, uh, that type of deal. And to be honest with you, I'm, I'm not all about that. I don't like to hunt, uh, especially in aluminum rigs, duck boats, that type of stuff. I don't really like hunting in lightning. Uh, I'm not afraid of the rain at all. I've had some really good hunts over the years uh, in the rain. But when we talk about lightning flying and you got your son with you hunting, you know, especially the kids, that type of situation, it's not a good deal. So uh, not, not really looking forward to that. So, guys, if you hear a little bit of background noise, I apologize. Me and Jackson are in the truck right now. Like I mentioned, we are headed to our camp, uh, which is where we're going to be hunting in the morning. We're headed over to Sherbin Wildlife Management Area, um, and we're going to do some timber hunting again. Like I said, we, uh, you know, we saw some really positive things from last week's hunt. And, uh, and we're looking forward to seeing if maybe that, that's going to continue, that trend may continue uh, on this hunt that we're going to make tomorrow morning. So, you know, Jackson, you sitting here and we were talking before we started recording and, you know, you were mentioning kind of how the season's going so far and you had a lot of questions to ask as far as, you know, spreads, larger spreads, smaller spreads. Uh, and, and you always thinking about stuff like that, which is pretty amazing for a young hunter your age you know but for a hunter your age you're, you're pretty experienced now you know you're not a, a young hunter anymore you know for the most part you're about to turn 13 years old here in the next couple of weeks and just let me ask you in your opinion you know how do you feel the, the season has gone so far as far as where we are as a whole this year in the 2021-22 season what's your what's your take on it judging off of what we saw on only one hunt last Sunday, you know, when that front hit. And we weren't able to hunt this week. You were in school. I was back at work. And that's the case for a lot of us that are that listen to the show probably. Um, you know, we had to go back to work. But what, tell everybody kind of what we experienced last week when the front did hit us. Uh, from, your, from your eyes, a 12-year-old hunter 
what did you see happen and what difference did you see that cold weather make for the ducks as far as ducks moving in? Well, I've, I can definitely tell that the birds were still up north since we're down here in Louisiana, South Louisiana. I can tell that they were still up north because the cold weather was still up north. So they were still up north and they followed that cold weather. And um, the cold weather just came down to us and we've been having a, bunch, a couple of cold fronts come through lately. And I, and I think that's just what put pushing birds down to us. Yeah, and, and in the first split, we had good numbers of birds when we closed the, the first split of the season. And we talked about that before. Um, they had larger groups, obviously, that we were seeing. We were seeing big groups of green-winged teal. Uh, we were seeing good numbers of blue-winged teal. Um, but so what you're saying, I guess, is that you think when the hot weather kind of in December came in, you think some of those birds migrated back up north is what you think? Yes. Yes. Gotcha. So, with the cold front that came through last week, you think it, it pushed those birds back down probably? Yes. And maybe some new birds with it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. The birds we've been seeing are kind of kind of smart. They're skittish. Yeah, they're kind of smarter than what we expected. Well, I guess smarter than what you expected. Daddy's had a lot of experience with all that, so I kind of I kind of expect that going into second split. And, uh, you know, that's just how it is. In second split, those birds are tougher. They're smarter. They're, they've been around the block, and, and it's just a little bit harder to work them. But what did you think of the hunt on Sunday as far as that was our first hunt that we made in the timber since – opening weekend of this year so we changed it up we changed it up we moved from the marsh and we we looked at each other we looked at the forecast we talked about it and we said you know what we're gonna kind of go go back to the timber high winds big arctic front coming through and we're gonna tuck back into the timber and how do you think that paid off from what you saw well i think i think it was good we went into the timber Killed us some wood ducks, and that's a good thing about the timber is that uh, you always got your you always got your uh, simple wood ducks in the woods and stuff that you're guaranteed to at least see, or and then guaranteed to kill at least sometimes. So we we killed some wood ducks, and then we, we actually saw some ballards whenever we were, whenever we were uh, there, which I think that cold front is what brought them down, and yeah. I don't know if we're gonna see that tomorrow, but. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that cold front's what brought them down. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's kind of funny because you remember a few weeks ago, like in the first split, you, you told me you said, "Dad, you said we just don't see a lot of mallards no more." Ever since I kind of, you know, been old enough to really hunt and learn how to hunt with you, uh, we just don't see mallards like we used to. Remember we talked about that? Yeah. And then this year, fast forward to this year, and we've seen more mallards and shot more mallards than we probably have shot in the last 10 years i would tell you you know um as far as seeing numbers in my opinion what i think happened is i think early on when we had you know the opener up you know when we opened up in november for the first split i think with the flyway being dry not having a lot of water um those birds we had an early migration in my opinion this year and i think part of that early migration was like mallards we had a group of mallards come down um we had a large number of, of gadwall come down early on in first split we had green teal 
You had your blue ink tail, of course, but that's kind of normal for that time. Um, and, and that's, I think we just had an early push of, of you know, puddle ducks that came in early this year. And in my opinion, and you tell me if you disagree with this, but I think what happened was, you know, some of those birds left when we started getting all that warm weather in December. Yeah. And then I think the ones that stayed were just, they, they knew what was going on. They were harder to work. They were looking for small potholes in the marsh. We talked about that yeah. on a previous episode, um, and they were just, you know, they weren't they weren't wanting to play a whole lot. You know, you might have a day where you, you know you were lucky and we had some birds, and we were we were very very blessed the first split because we had a good first split. But you could tell by the end of that first split how those birds were starting to get harder and harder to to get. You know, yeah. would you agree with that? Yes. Yeah. And you know now, with the, when this front came through last week, I agree with you. We started seeing more birds in the timber because you were just saying that you know towards the end of the first split, you were kind of already mentioning, hey, I wonder if we got some birds in the timber now. Maybe we need to go make a couple of hunt second split, and which that was the game plan all along. We hunt timber every year, and we were gonna hunt the timber every year. So I know you were real excited to get after some of the wood ducks that we found. You know, last year we we have a couple of really good areas tucked back in the timber where we have some wood ducks. Why don't you tell the listeners about that, the guys about that, how you, how that came about? Well, so what happened was we were hunting and um we were hunting a hole that we like to hunt in, at uh, our camp at Sherman. This was last year. Yes, we were hunting a hole and um what happened was we just kept hearing a bunch of wood ducks. In the woods, if we're, where, where were we hunting? Were we hunting in the block, in the permanent block, or the? Uh... We we were hunting in the in the boat. Yeah. Yeah, we were hunting. We were set up in the boat block. Yeah. Well, we heard it behind us, and um, we just heard it. We just kept kept hearing them um, squeal and stuff. And we're like, dang, that's a lot of wood ducks. So me and my dad, we went walk back there, and sure enough, I I kind of crept on them, and uh, I saw. I saw a couple of wood ducks, so I said, I'm going to come here in the morning. So we went back the next day, which was our last hunt, actually. But I, w- I went in there in the dark, and I actually walked out with my three wood ducks right right before, uh, what, 8 o'clock, maybe? Yeah, right before, uh, really, it was not long after legal shooting time. Yeah. You, I, hear, I heard you firing shots left and right, and I said, man, I thought to myself, I said, I sure hope he got something with all those shots. He's, uh, he's shooting. But you were actually the one, you know, yeah, you and I were together, but you were the one who who kind of said, hey, I, these ducks seem to be going down in this, you know, this specific area. And you took the initiative to, to say, hey, Dad, I'm going to go in there. I think I know where they're at. And I'm going to go get them if they are. And you did. And, and honestly, that was the turning point. I knew right there you were you were 12 years old. You know that was then the last season. Maybe uh, you know about to turn 12. I'm sorry, or no, not, you were 12. You had just turned 12 because your birthday's in January, and that is the turning point that I'll always remember. When I said to myself, "Okay, he's a duck hunter now. He's a, he's a he's a, a certified true blue waterfowl guy. He understands." what these birds are doing he understands what's going on 
and you weren't just participating at that point. You were taking that initiative to to be a man and be a waterfowl hunter. And as a father, that's awesome to see for any dad out there or for anybody who hunts with youth hunters. There's a, there's a certain turning point, guys, that I can tell you if you have children, they're going to hit that point as a waterfowl, as a duck hunter, and you're going to be like, okay, I'm not babysitting him anymore. He's part of the crew now, and and we're going to you know have some success from here on out because he's going to participate in the hunt as far as understanding what's going on. And that's what you did right there when that happened. So that was pretty cool. Now, from that point on, you could tell everybody you were obsessed with waterfowl hunting all year when we were, you know, out of season, right? I was obsessed before that. You were. You were obsessed. But I really saw that turning point whenever you killed those ducks on your own last year. Yeah. And I saw a change in you as far as the obsession went. So... I'm going to ask you a simple question. What is it that you like about duck hunting that makes you want to keep going? Just, it's fun. I mean, like, you got, it's so fun to just wake up early in the morning and drive to your, drive in the boat to your spot. It's super fun to throw out the decoys. It's, it's just like, it's just so fun to take them off the string and just throw them out where you want them and stuff. And then it's just so fun to get all brushed up in camo and uh, face paint and sticks and stuff and just uh, set up in the blind and stuff and then load your gun up and then and then uh, once you see the birds come up and work in, it's just so cool to see how the birds come up. And then uh, once you shoot it and it falls, you, you just get so excited. And then once you smell that gunpowder, <laughs> it smells awesome. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you just said. And I think all of us who are listening <laughs> agree with everything you just said. You know, and we're so blessed as outdoorsmen to experience what you just talked about. <laughs> we're so blessed. Yeah. The good Lord blesses us. Every time we go out there... You know, I know we, we're a family of faith. We believe in the, the good Lord up above. And, uh, you know, you and I, and I tried to teach you since y'all were little, anytime, not only do, you know, you, you pray every day. That's just what I, you know, we tried, you and your mom have tried to instill and you and your brother. But you could agree with this. When we go hunting every morning, just about, we say a prayer. We thank the good Lord above for the opportunity to, to have that experience. And then also, we ask that he watch over us, bless us, and, you know, get us back safe, get us home back safe. Now, you, a while back, you said you changed up the prayers because, you know how we always ask, we'd always end our prayers and we'd say, Don't say it, it's going to jinx us. Well, but I got I to gotta say it for the guys listen. It's so jinx us. it's not kill, gonna jinx. If we don't kill tomorrow. The good, the good Lord doesn't work that way. God, but if we don't kill tomorrow. It's no, don't say that. Don't say that. The good Lord doesn't work in that type of way. But we we always would in our prayers in the morning when we 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 go out hunting or fishing or whatever it was, and we'd say if it's not too much to ask, we also ask that you uh, you bring us a couple of birds today, or you know bring us a couple of fish today if we fishing or whatever it is, and, and, and we ask for that. And you felt 
like that was jinxing, as she said, a little bit. So you changed it up and tell everybody what you what or tell what's your thoughts. Tell me why you you think that we were going hunting the next day, and I didn't say it, and we killed. Because I'm pretty sure that the hunt before that we didn't kill anything or 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 I don't know what it was, but all I know is that I didn't say it that morning or that night, and then we killed over like maybe three or four birds that uh, that hunt. <laughs> More than what we would usually do. Yes, and I also over, had, over what we our kind of normal had been. I never say it ever again. Like I'll never say it ever again. So not that you don't pray, you pray and you just praying in a different. You asking for a couple of different things. Yeah, I don't say that because then it'll be like, well, I'm not gonna give them birds. Well, I got, I get you, and I and I, I got you. You don't want to, you know, as an athlete, my whole life, I know how it is being superstitious, and that's what you're doing. That's called superstition. But don't confuse faith and superstition. That's that's the two things. If I could tell you, uh, which I know you're not. You know, you're doing it out of innocence, and, and that's okay. But yeah, I mean, I get it. I get it. You you felt that you needed to kind of change it up what you were asking for. So, but let me ask you this then. I asked you what's your what's your favorite thing and get you going about waterfowl hunting. Okay, so we hunt public land, right? Yeah. Hundred percent of the time, uh-huh. we hunt public land. Yeah. What is one thing that you absolutely cannot stand about hunting public land? Like one thing that I that I, you do not like. That, okay, that I, that I do not like. Um. What's a couple of things that you don't like, maybe? But we'll start with one. Oh, it's going to be a thinker. I pretty much like everything. But, uh, that you don't like about hunting public land. Uh, you like waking up at 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning? Yeah, I love that. You do? I love that. Well, I, I'm getting old then because I don't like doing that anymore. I, I love I, it. I do, I do and I don't. I have a, a love-hate relationship with that, I guess. I, I love it because a part of me is like, okay, I know we're going hunting and I'm excited about that i still get as excited as when i was younger than you i got i got one well actually i got two okay okay number one is whenever is that was whenever you load your gun and you go to shoot and then it clicks for the first (laughs) shot (laughs) so that has nothing to do with public land that is just user error at that point, which you she, have you have a hell of a relationship with that shotgun unloading and loading. It. I thought you said I thought you said just about waterfowl. No, about oh, I said public land hunting, but yeah, okay, we can say waterfowl hunt. That's fine for everybody listening. So you don't you don't like whenever you pull the trigger and it goes click on that first shot. Well, guess what? That happens to all of us at some point in time. You know, last week whenever whenever you had walked into the woods on this hunt we made. Last Sunday when you the front came through. Clicked. Yeah, so it happened to me. That's exactly what happened to me. So you had walked into the woods. I stayed in the boat trying to hunt the hole. Uh, and we split up, guys. That's what we had did last week because Jackson wanted to go back into that wood duck hole uh, that he had had success in that he was telling y'all about at the end of last season. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to stay with the blind and I'll, you know, I'm going to hunt the hole that the blind's in. Uh, that way we could maybe double dip, you know, catch, <laughs> catch a couple more birds that way um and that's what we did so the two birds the first two birds i had come in they coming at me i see them coming ahead of time they come up i pull up on them and click i get the click and and i was like god dang it and they, they still landed they came in even though i didn't get them on the wing and it clicked on me they landed like 10 feet from the blonde yeah, that's the thing about the blue ducks. Like, 
like if they commit, they're gonna commit. They're not like the Mallards where they'll commit and then they'll peel off at the last second. Yeah, yeah, they they do do that a lot of times. If you can get them to come in, they're coming, and they die bombing in. But these suckers pull up, so I pull. I'm six foot two. I jump up out the blonde. I pull the trigger on them because I got a bead on them, and <laughs> click. I get the click. Okay, so they hit the water ten feet from the blonde, and. I'm standing there looking at them, and I'm free. I freeze for a second because I don't want to move. And they looking around, but they don't see me. They couldn't assault me. So <laughs> I, I slam my chamber closed again because I have an inertia-driven gun, which you guys that shoot inertia-driven guns, you can attest to that. That, that inertia bolt, you got to make sure that it is slammed shut sometimes because you'll get that clicking and that misfire whenever it's not slammed all the way. And that's what happened to me. So I, I had my new gun, my 20 gauge I was shooting last week. That's the first click I get on it because my inertia bolt wasn't shut all the way. So I slammed the bolt and I pulled the trigger again and it clicks again on me. And I'm like, well, at that point, I'm like, okay. The ducks still do not move at that point. They sit there. It must be and, deaf. And, and man, they, they didn't know where I was is what it was. They didn't see me in the blind. And I'm literally 10 feet from them probably. So... I eject the shell, the shell hits the boat, clangs, and they still sitting there, and I hurry up and feed the next shell into the chamber. And they sitting on the water, I turn to them, pick up the gun, and I, they jump up off the water at that point, finally, they jump up, and they try to fly out away from me, and I shoot both of them, and I got both of them. Yeah, I bet. So they were just meant to, they were meant to be, those two birds. Yeah, well, I bet, I bet if you'd have clicked and sat down. We got some deer right there on the side of the road. Three of them. Three deer on the side of the road. We are in the vehicle, guys. Tonight, as y'all listening to this, like I said, it's 9.33. We were going to drive over and hunt in the morning, but we decided, you know what? We're going to be getting to bed a little bit later, it looked like. So we uh, we just got in the truck, hooked up the boat, and we said we're going to go to the camp and just sleep at the camp tonight. That way we can get at least a couple hours of sleep and we'll be there uh, when we want to wake up in the morning and go hunting. So that's the cool thing about where our camp's at. We're uh we're literally butt up to the reserve and uh and that's an awesome thing. That's a, that's a cool thing. So. It didn't look like they were too worried. No, yeah, they were eating. They were feeding, which like is a good a good thing. If they, they out moving, maybe the other stuff. There's something else right there. Another one. They like they looked at us and then they just went, their heads just went back down and kept eating. They weren't worried. So I told you about the time, and I know we're getting a little off subject with the deer talk, but I told you about the time I'm headed. I'm headed down the interstate right here. I'm headed toward Lafayette from Baton Rouge, and uh. I, this was probably eight, nine, ten years ago, and this is at the time we don't, you know, I was a little younger, and we don't sleep as much, and you know, you get there, you wanted to be at the launch to try to get in line and get a good spot. So I'm on little to no sleep probably, uh, and I'm headed toward Lafayette on the interstate. It's foggy, and here I come down I-10, and instead of the, that deer being in that ditch like we just saw, that group of deer, there's one standing right in the middle of the interstate, right here on the center line. And I don't know if you've ever seen a deer try to run on pavement. Yeah. But they do not run on pavement well with hooves. I can tell you that. It's like they're running so on banana peel. He's running in motion like he can't go nowhere. And, and I literally wrecked the truck almost trying to dodge him. And I missed him barely. And he got away. I guess he got away. He got away with me that night. So he was very lucky that night. But, uh, but yeah, that was a pretty interesting thing. I almost killed him and myself trying to dodge that deer that was standing 
in the middle of the interstate. So, but going back to, to what we had talked about and what I had asked you, you said there was two things. So you hate the, the ultimate click when you pull the trigger, like every other hunter does, yeah. and uh, you get that clicking sound. Yeah, what's that, the What's the other thing you hate? The other thing that doesn't have to- it doesn't have to do with public land either. <laughs> okay, whatever. Just waterfowling? Yeah. Well, what is it? my thing is that I know some of y'all use Texas rigs, and then I know some of y'all, like us maybe, use uh, just the ropes and the weights, right? Yeah, for it's, deeper water because uh, you got to have something deeper. Well, my thing is is that whenever it's freezing cold and you ain't got no gloves <laughs> and your hands are frozen and you got to try to get that weight off of the decoy, you gotta unwrap. You gotta unwrap it, and it's your hands are so cold that it just hurts when you to get the weight off. <laughs> and then you can't, you can't do it. Because you, you, you can't feel your hands. Yeah, you can't feel your hands. Man, you usually miss the hot pockets, dude. What, what's up with the hot pockets this year? You're not, you're not using the hot hands. Miss the hot hands. Yeah. Ja- guys, for all of you who do not know, Jackson is usually Mister Hot Hands. This kid will carry like those big economy packs that you see. He'll have a, a duck blind bag with about 50 of these hot hands in his bag. But this year... I don't use them. You ain't using them. What's up with that? I bought gloves this year like a smart person. <laughs> you got some gloves this year. I'm smart this year. You, you're smarter. You're learning. You're evolving as a hunter, huh? I'm big brain. Big brain, huh? Gotcha. Yep. Well, I, I have to say, you must be wearing something because you don't have the hot hands. Usually when I, I grab your bag and I go through it, I have to weed through like 50 packets of hot hands. Well, this year I got my light pair of gloves and I got my dick pair. So what I do is I put my light pair on, then I put my heavy pair on. So I got two pairs of gloves on. Two pairs of gloves. So, yep. Now this year, you made a transition in shotguns this year, right? You're almost yes. 13 years old, man. You're going to yeah. be a teenager, guys, in a couple of weeks. Old Jackson's going to be a, a, we're going to have a teenager in the house. So, but uh, why don't you tell everybody kind of like, you know, I, I do get questions from listeners and from, you know, um, followers on social media that ask us questions about, they see you hunt with me a lot that, uh, you know, I have, a, I guess I have a kid with me that hunts as a waterfowl hunter. And I have got people that have asked me about, you know, their kid getting into it or their kids getting to a certain age and they want to know what they recommend as far as shotguns go, gauges, that type of stuff. So kind of tell everybody what you started out with, you know, whenever, when you really first started carrying a a shotgun to waterfowl hunt, you were right around what? Nine. Nine. Was it nine? Well, brought you on your first time, but I'm talking about when you actually started carrying your shotgun and, and shooting a shotgun with me. I'm not you, sure. you were right around 10 years old, I believe, whenever I started letting you kind of, you know, 10, 11 years old right now. Well, you were, you were about 10 years old because last year you were full throttle. And when you first started out, we started you out with a 410, right? Uh, yeah, a single shot 410 crack barrel. Well, you were squirrel hunting with that. Yeah, well, no, you're right. We did. We bought a, a single shot yield is from Academy uh-huh. and a 410, something that was lightweight for you to carry. And you shot your first duck ever with that gun. You remember what it was? The duck? Yeah. Yeah, a hen teal. A hen blue wing teal. A hen blue wing teal. That's exactly right. So, of course, it was a hen. <laughs> it was a hen. Yep, it was a hen. And, and that was the only duck that came in that day we saw. You and remember came that? Right in front of me. It, that bird was meant to be your bird. He landed right in the spread, right in front of you. She. And, or she, I'm sorry. And uh, and me and Mr. Dustin said, take her. And you did. And that was the first one well, you got. 
Mr. Dustin actually pulled up and you said, no, 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 let him shoot that bird. Did he? Yeah. Mr. Dustin's like that. He likes to be that. He's quick on the draw. Yeah, I remember him pulling up and he was about to shoot. I saw. I, I just. I was just looking at him while he was pulling up, <laughs> and then he said, "No, no, 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 let me shoot that bird." That's and, right. Because we had just bought the new that up my new Ford. I wanted my boy to shoot that bird, and he did, and you popped him. So, so you did, and now that's when you started out. You had a crack barrel 410, which was pretty cool. And then after that, what did you go to? What shotgun? I went to a 20 gauge pump. 20 gauge pump. We got you a uh, H&R, H&R 20 gauge pump, and uh, and you were using that. And then now this season, you were still shooting a 20 gauge until I, I kind of messed up your 20 gauge, which is a whole other story in itself that we could get into in another episode. But he, he broke I, I, I broke I broke his 20 gauge accidentally, which long story, but we won't get into that. So at that point. You asked me, you came to me and said, Hey, I wanna I wanna shoot a semi auto. Can I shoot you a spare semi auto? And I did, and I was killing them birds like crazy. And you did. You did. I was so accurate, I wouldn't even have to aim on the bird, just aim around the bird and he would die. <laughs> and and that's a great shotgun. It's a, you know, that was one of my first uh semi automatic shotguns. Wasn't expensive. It's a, it was an H and R also and it was a uh, it was called an H and R Excel. It's a gun that we sold at Cabela's when I worked there, and uh, I think it was like a, a Cabela's exclusive semi-auto waterfowl shotgun. And that thing always was a good gun to me. And eventually, I got you know I started upgrading and upgrading, got into Benelli, and I kind of never really went back from the Benelli family because I shoot a Franke now. That's what I like. Um, but how did you like the semi-auto compared to the the pump and all that do you think it's improved yes you as a hunter you do well yes because because now you you got your own gun you got your own 12 gauge that you got for christmas yeah and the reason i think it upgraded because like if i'm being honest when i had my pump it's like it's like it was still a 410 to me because to me, I would shoot, and it's like I would have to pump it. But at this, but the, by the time I got it pumped all the way, the birds were already kind of gone. You had to be quick with it. I, yeah, like unless they were on the water, I would take that water shot. And if I missed the water shot, then I would have enough time to shoot again. But if they were like flying by or something, it was like, hard to shoot them on the wing. Yeah, so like with that, with that uh, pump. I mean, with the automatic, if I shoot, I don't have, I don't have to take that time to pump, and I can just keep shooting. Yeah, yeah. Which is the advantage of a, of a semi-automatic. You 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 quicker. Yeah. On the shot. So, do you find? You know, at your age, do you find that the semi-automatic was a little bit harder to operate, or do you find it's easy to operate for the most part? It's easy. It's pretty. It's pretty easy. I mean, it's a. Uh, it's kind of easier than the pump, but like the pump's pretty easy. I mean, with automatic, all you have to do is press a button. With the pump, all you just got you just got to pump it. You just got to pump it up, and um, it just stays like that. And you just got to press a button with uh, uh, the automatic. Yep. So yeah. 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 And, and, you know, I told Jackson, guys, I said, you know, for a, a young man to be 12 years old, going on 13, not not a lot of us, especially us older duck hunters, you know, uh, you know, we that's not something that I had at a young age. I never shot a semi-automatic until I was in the college, you know. That, that's you, you very blessed 
We I know we talked about that that, that we've thrown that term around being very blessed, but you are very blessed, you know. You have stuff at my age or, or at your age that I never had at my age, you know. When I when I grew up hunting with Paw Paw, it was it was pretty much you know, top of the line for our young waterfowl hunter was a Remington 870, and, and we shot that all the way up into college, you know? Yeah. Um, you, you you were lucky, maybe, and some of you may have been blessed enough to have a gun maybe passed down to you, but even if it was passed down to you as a child, it wasn't going to be a semi-automatic. You know, it wasn't like you were just getting handed an old Remington 1100 or 1187, none of that type of stuff, you $1, know? $1,000 gun. Yeah, $1,000, or, you know, back then, uh, you know, a seven eight hundred dollar shotgun was was outrageously expensive. That was like buying a, a, a Benelli Super Black Eagle three or something nowadays. Yeah, you know, today that's today that's cheap. That's today that's that's a budget. It's a budget shotgun. Yeah, it's, you know, no today seven or seven or eight hundred dollars for a shotgun is kind of cheap for, for a semi automatic. You yeah. know, I'd say it's mid range, not cheap, but it's mid range. Yeah, um, because now you have so many imported shotguns coming in from Turkey and all those areas. You could get a semi-automatic for very affordable, which is what what happened for Christmas with your situation. You know, we picked you up, uh, you know, or Santa Claus picked you up a uh, a brand new um, semi-automatic for Christmas, and uh, it wasn't it wasn't a you know an eight hundred nine hundred dollar semi-automatic shotgun because you know I didn't want to spend that much money on you at this age doing what we do here in Louisiana, dragging it through the marshes, dragging it through the swamps. Um, and you see, like, we hunt these timber holes, like, last week that are full of duck seed, and you get duck seed on everything, and, and you had it in your gun last week, you know? So I said, you know, your mother and I decided, we said, well, we're going to get you something kind of entry level, and uh, that way you can put it through hell. You can kind of, you know, abuse it for the type of hunting we do, and uh, and if it, if it breaks or eventually you get X amount of years out of it, then it you know, and you continue to waterfowl hunt and enjoy it as much as you do, then we're going to upgrade you, you know, or you could upgrade you, you know, once you start working, that type of stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I think as a youth hunter, it's a, it's a little different time. I got to say that right now with ammunition being so hard to find, um, you know, I wouldn't recommend a 410 like I did for you at the time, you know, uh, because you can, it's a, it's damn near impossible to get 410 shot shells, you know. Even 20 gauge is hard to get and 12 gauge this year, but 410 is damn near impossible to get. Steel you know? shot. Steel shot, especially. We always struggled with the 410 to find steel shot, period. And then now you factor in the ammo shortage and all that going on. And man, it's 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 impossible to get it almost, you know? So to answer that question for people asking, then you know, if I was buying a youth you know, a shotgun right now, I would, you know, depending on the age of the child, I would definitely go with a pump and a 20 gauge. Um, that would be my number one recommendation. And I tell people that an 870, a Mossberg 500, uh, something like that, you know, that they could, you know, use that's good quality equipment. <coughs> but at the same time, uh, you could get ammunition for hopefully, you know. I mean, yeah. So. And like, even if you do find 410 um, steel ammunition, then it's it's like outrageous for the price of it. Yeah, it's, it's like, all it's just all expensive. It's like sixty dollars a box for yeah. like just one box. It's it's all expensive now. It's it's gotten out of hand. But and guys, it may get a little louder here. We are about to end the pavement and hit the gravel as we're getting closer to the camp. But what we're gonna do, guys, in segment two, we're gonna bring segment two to y'all tomorrow morning. 
Uh, hopefully from the Duck Blonde, we could get uh, segment two kicked off and give y'all a little update. We'll touch base in the morning on where we are, what our setup is that we're using uh, based on the weather conditions we see in the morning. So stay tuned for segment two, guys. We'll be right back. This is Jacob and Jackson Robbery with Last Stop Waterfowl. Y'all stay tuned. All right, guys, so welcome back to segment two this morning. Um, now we are fast-forwarding to Saturday morning, and uh, we are getting ready, guys, to make our Saturday morning hunt. So hopefully you guys are up and at it as well if you're going out and hunting this morning. Um, we got some rain expected to come in like we had talked about in the first segment, and um, but the temperatures are still pretty mild this morning. So I think we're going to get a little warm up with this rain. The winds are going to shift out the, the east and the south or southeast, I guess you could say. So, uh, you know, typically first split, we did pretty good on days like that. Whenever we had a little shift in the weather and uh, those winds shifted out the, out the southeast. So we're going to see how it goes today. But we are once again tucked back in the timber like we were last week when we did the show. And we are here this morning it is now let's see right around 5:52, and me and jackson have our setup ready to go we had to work a little bit this morning huh jackson to, to kind of set up this is a brand new timber hole that we've never hunted before that i scouted out at the beginning of the season yeah. and uh we had to work a little bit to get in here this morning huh yeah so we had to break some branches clear some paths and uh kind of <laughs> yeah yeah that had built up a sweat this morning so but um i think we got a good little hole this little hole that we hunted this morning is a little bit smaller than the one that we hunted last week that we showed you guys and we talked about on the show um so we did have some of those mallards work us like we talked about last week and um it seemed like those, those birds that were weary to come into that little bit larger hole jackson they were they wanted to maybe work into these little smaller potholes so that's kind of the, the rationale behind us kind of coming to this hole this morning right yep yeah so how do you feel about our chances this morning from what you uh i know it's dark and you hadn't been able to really see a whole lot of the surroundings but what you uh what you think of the hole at least that we in this morning I don't really know what to expect, but we'll probably get some wood ducks, and based on the sky, it's a very clear sky, so if we, if we do have in the half, if we have mileage in the area, then that clear sky will, uh, it'll make it easy to see them, and they might, uh, try to work us. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we get a little bit of sun before this, uh, this front moves in this afternoon, so, yeah. uh, we haven't got to hunt in the timber yet on a good sunny day which has historically been the better days for us in the timber um you know last week when we talked about having some mallards move in and um wood ducks that we shot last week you know we had a big front that came through we talked about that and that that really was a major factor to i think those birds coming in um and moving back down south down here to louisiana last week so it's going to be interesting to see this morning we're a week later almost where you know we hunted last sunday today's saturday so we're right at a week um i'm interested to see if we still got some of those those big ducks fly you know in the area i'm hoping they, they do so what's what's the best you hoping for this morning what do you mean by that as far as what's what's the what, what's what's the goal let's say 
I say that. What's the goal this morning? What you looking to get? Don't scratch. Don't scratch. <laughs> yeah, don't scratch. That's a good call. We don't want to scratch. We, uh, we've had a really good season so far. We only had, what, one scratch, I believe, for the season. So, um, And that's really not bad when you hunt in public land. So. He wants one mallard, yeah. So one mallard's the goal. I know, I know you itching to get that mallard. Uh, you want to, you want a Drake mallard. We've already got a couple of hens. You're looking to get your first Drake mallard. You want some green on that strap. You want some green on the strap? I hear you, man. I hear you. Trust me, Daddy wants some green on the strap as well. So, you know, what's different from last week so far. Is uh, last week we could hear those wood ducks squealing in the woods in the dark, and we're not hearing none this morning. What you think about that? Uh, I don't know. You don't know? I'm sure they're there. Yeah, they're there. They they here year round. Wood ducks are. We have a pretty good wood duck population. Any of you guys who hunt Sherburn or you know that particular area, um, you know that through the years it's always had a very strong wood duck population, and it continues to have a strong wood duck population. So. Here during the summer, probably. Oh yeah, they 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 live here year round. You know, when I came in here before the season started, I was jumping up wood ducks. Like I mean, it was full of wood ducks. It was thick, thick, thick with wood ducks. And uh, and some of the most some of the most beautiful wood ducks I've ever killed have come out of here. Uh, they they tend to be real big wood ducks, very healthy. They got a lot of acorns that they could eat. Um, and man, I, I, they just. The colors on them are absolutely beautiful. You know, I've, I'll, don't get me wrong. Wood ducks are just gorgeous birds in general. But I've always thought that a lot of the wood ducks here have really good color to them. And they're, 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 if you want to mount a wood duck like you did, Jackson, mm -hmm. um, this is a good a good reserve, good public land reserve to come and hunt wood ducks to be able to do that. Like so. mine had all the little spots on his chest. Yeah, yeah, the one you mounted had all the spots on the chest, on the breast bone, um, and just good colors, you know. The colors are real vibrant. They, um, they're just a pretty duck, man. I mean, it's one of the most beautiful ducks, in my opinion, out there. What, what's, the, what's your favorite duck as far as you think beauty-wise? What's the prettiest duck out there, in your opinion? Cinnamon teal. Cinnamon teal, yeah. Cinnamon teal, or don't get many cinnamon teal down here in Louisiana. Every once in a while, you'll see somebody kills a cinnamon teal, but it's not real common for us down here. So we get mainly blue wings, green wings, that type of, you know, typical species. But cinnamon teal, I, you know, years ago, I had I was on a hunt with a good friend of mine, and uh, and we were hunting on, on uh, it, was a, it was some lease, it was a, some private land, actually. It wasn't even a lease, and uh, we were hunting a pipeline, and we saw some birds kind of hit that pipeline and come down towards us, and they were we got ready, and before they got to us, they they ended up going back over the tree line, kind of lifting up and going over the tree line, but we we believe we we saw a cinnamon teal mixed in with those birds, and uh and we got a pretty good look at it, you know, so. We from afar, without being right in shooting range, it looked to us like a you know a cinnamon teal is what we identified. We thought it was um, because it's something definitely that we don't we don't shoot you know and it wasn't common in that area. So I still like to I still remember that really well and, I, and we talk about that me and my buddy who who hunted that day together. We uh, we still reference that saying hey man I wonder if we would have got a shot at him 
we might have had a cinnamon teal, you know, that day. So that was pretty cool. But uh, probably the most uncommon bird I've ever shot in Louisiana uh, was just a couple of years ago. And I've talked about it. I've told that story to several people before. But we were uh, we were hunting down in the freshwater marsh, not too far from the house. And uh, it was a, it was a day where we had a, one of those fronts come in, Jackson. And this bird, I mean, we see it, call it in, it circles the decoys and cups up. And I pulled up and I shot it. And when it fell, I was like, man, I looked at my buddy and I said, you know what? I said, that's, I don't know what exactly it was. I said, but that's not something that looked normal to me, you know? And uh, we went out and we got, we went retrieve it. And when we retrieved it, uh, man, it was, it was definitely a different species, something that I wasn't familiar with. And so we started pulling out our, our phone and kind of looking at it, you know, and, and trying to identify and what it ended up being was a, uh, was a hen golden eye. And that's something that typically over the years in Louisiana, you don't see golden eye down here too often, you know, but it was pretty cool. And you remember the pictures I showed you of that bird? Yeah, I watched the video the other day. That's right. We have a, we actually had a video that we had did on that hunt where we retrieved that golden eye, and uh, that was pretty cool, man. And and looking back at it now, I really, I, you know, if it would have been a Drake, I would have I would have definitely mounted that bird because, you know, it's not too often, like I said, you get them. But uh, it ended up being a hen, and you know, had some. It, it it wasn't full plumed or nothing like that. It had it had some splotches in it. Um, so it was, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a mountable bird, but still a cool story, you know, to, to get one. And, uh, you know, this week looking at all the social media reports and guys online talking, I seen there was a, a post that was on social media that, uh, somebody had killed two hen golden eyes. Um, I saw that somewhere, I'm not sure, but it was here in Louisiana that they killed it, I think this past week. So uh, you do get them, obviously. They're starting to kind of come here more, I guess, because uh, each season I see somebody post a picture of a golden eye that they killed. And uh, it's typically a bird that you'll see down in the marshes. If you do see them killed here in Louisiana, they'll be killed somewhere around the marshes. So that's pretty cool, you know? The we got some cloud cover, huh? Well, I can't see a star yeah, I can see some here. They're not too, too bad. Yeah, we're going to get some cloud cover moving I'll tell you in. What, this year this season, I've seen some of the most weirdest birds, like mosquito. <laughs> Still got a mosquito. I've seen some of the most weirdest birds, weirdest ducks, um, on like Instagram and stuff. Like I saw an albino blue winged teal. Yeah, that was pretty cool. An albino blue winged teal. I saw an albino mallard. Yeah. I yep. saw a guy that killed three cinnamon teal. Really? Uh huh. That was um, in a group. That wasn't here in Louisiana, though, right? No. No. Probably not. I don't know. Yeah. If it was, it was up north of Louisiana. Yeah, I don't think that was here in Louisiana. But uh, but you know, other areas will get them. They do get them. So. Places that hunt like snow and stuff. Yeah. A lot of snow. Yeah. But you're right. You you are starting to see more and more hybrids every year killed. It seems like, or at least I, I guess maybe with social media nowadays, you just see it more than you used to. You know, because you didn't have access to see reports really and see birds that people had posted and killed in other states and other areas but uh you know just right here last year we had a good friend of ours uh he killed a hybrid hunting just in this not too far from where we at right now um he killed a gadwall hybrid mixed with i think it was a mallard a gadwall mallard hybrid 
And uh, it was a true hybrid, you know, so because you get a lot of guys that get online and uh, and they, they, they don't know, you know, they might be new to the sport and they're trying to identify a bird and it looks different than what they've seen, you know, so they'll think it might be a hybrid and they go online and they ask people for their opinion. And, and a lot of times it's not necessarily a hybrid or, or not a hybrid, but uh, but you do see more hybrid species, it seems like now than what we used to see for sure. And uh, the coolest one I've seen, like you mentioned, is that blue wing teal hybrid that you sent me the other day. That was one of the coolest looking birds I've ever seen. But I have just, to admit. Just imagine seeing a group of teal coming, and then they come up, and you see white on one of them. Yeah, that's got to be pretty cool. You see white, and then you're like, "What is that?" The only, I guess the only thing better would be a white with a, a hybrid with a or an albino with a band on it, huh? huh? You'd be the luckiest guy in the world. That'd be pretty cool. So, you know, guys, I'm 42 years old. Been hunting my whole life. Um, you know, from the time I grew up with my dad taking me wood duck hunting and, you know, other places. And I have yet to kill a banded duck. Uh, I had somebody ask me that on social media the other day. Asked me, they said, how many bands do you have uh, since you've been hunting? And the answer is zero. I have zero bands. Uh, now, I've always hunted, you know, um, public land, which I don't really think that has nothing to do with it so much, public versus private. Um, you know, that's just my opinion on that. But uh, with all the birds we've shot since I've been a little boy, I don't remember my father ever killing a band, and I've never shot a banded duck or goose. It's a, uh, it's kind of weird, man. I mean, it's a, uh, you would think hunting every year, and we predominantly all we do is hunt ducks, and you know, for the most part, and then squirrels, a little bit of small game. Um, you would think over the years we killed, you know, maybe one or two bands. You know, I had a guy that I worked with at Cabela's Jackson that uh got introduced we introduced him to duck hunting and you know typical starting out you know don't know a whole lot about it but gave him a spot to go to that was on public land not too far from the house that he could hunt in the mornings and then come into work and work his shift and uh you don't think that dude he went hunting the first time he goes during teal season okay that was his first hunt he ever made no he go he goes during teal season and he shows up at work, and we we at work, and he shows up, and he comes in, and he says, man, I killed a blue-winged teal, he says, and it got something on its foot. And I was like, is it a band? And he's like, I, I guess. He's like, yeah, it's metal. And sure enough, his very first hunt that he made, which is an area that's very common, not too far from the house, a lot of people hunt it, uh, including us, we've hunted it, you know. And I, I showed him this spot to go to. I've hunted it my, you know, many, many times throughout the years. His first hunt that he goes on, he kills a banded blue wing teal during teal season. He's getting spoiled. Yeah, you talk about he had no idea what he had. So get this. So big duck season comes around, Can't and he and he decides he's gonna go back to that spot. Okay. So he goes He goes to that spot. It's another hunt before work in the morning so he could come into work. And uh, he, he shows back up at work, and he's like, hey, y'all not going to believe this. He says, I killed another banded duck. And I'm like, get the hell out of here. You know, there's no damn way. So we go outside. We look. He has his boat attached. He had like a, uh, one of those little sneak boats. It was a, uh, like a beaver tail sneak boat. Had a trolling motor on it, something, you know, something that he could launch off off the back of his truck and off the side of the road and uh he could he could go to this little spot i showed him so he he comes you know with us walks outside and 
We get outside, and sure enough, he has a banded Drake wood duck. Hmm. Now, you got to be kidding me. That's what I'm thinking to myself. Now, I've hunted here, and many, many, many other people have hunted here. And uh, in this particular spot, I showed them throughout the years. And this son of a gun goes on two duck hunts in the same season and kills two banded ducks, a blue wing tail and a wood duck drake. So what's the? Uh, some people just got it. Uh, they just got a horseshoe up their butt, I guess. You know. Like, I mean, that's just true. Like y'all have these, y'all have these kids go on, go on um, these this private land and stuff. Like they'll bring you, like you'll have a kid that's never gone duck hunting before, and then all of a sudden he, you just go on your first hunt and your first duck you kill is a banded duck. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, you see stories of it and people posting stuff like that all the time. It happens every year. It happens. Or you'll go, you'll go hunt, and your, and your first duck will be a beautiful Drake Mallard. Yeah, yeah. For for me, our first, my first duck would probably be a beautiful Drake uh, wood duck. Yeah, yeah. Most people, their first duck is a wood duck, especially if you grow up in Louisiana, you know, yeah. uh, or in the South. You know, a lot of wood duck populations uh, are are pretty thick. You hunt the timber. Yeah, hunt the timber. Anything with wood. Like corn or something like that. Yeah, acorns, man, acorns. And then wood ducks are so tricky. It's such a beautiful bird, like we talked about. But uh, boy, they're smart. They got great vision. And uh, you know, we've seen them walking in the woods while we squirrel hunt during you know early season for small game before duck season opens up. I've seen them walking in the woods on dry land eating acorns. Uh, I know those of you who deer hunt, you've been on the deer stand. You see them all the time. And then when you try to hunt them, you don't necessarily see them. That's how it seems to go sometimes. But, uh, but yeah, it's it's a it's a majestic man. It's a it's a majestic bird. It's beautiful. Um, and I honestly, I love hunting them. I do love hunting them. So, I could take a good wood duck hunt some days, you know, and not at all, you know, blink an eye. I'll take that all day long and enjoy it. So, but uh. Well, we're getting kind of close to shooting time. We can see the sun, or not the sun, but you can see a little bit of light breaking through the trees. See the outline on the trees. It is now 6.09 a.m., so we're not too far from shooting time, right about 6.30, right in that time frame. So hopefully we can get some of these uh, wood ducks maybe come in early this morning, and uh, hopefully we get a little flight. But this this hole we in, I feel pretty confident if we got some birds working in the timber again today. I like it. Well, I told you a while ago. I said, you know, when we came in here, this is a duck seed hole. It's covered in green. If you look at it, it's green, green, true duck seed. Everything. And uh, and you can see trails through the duck seed oh, yeah. where they've been swimming. You know, so that. It could be, and, and that's perfectly fine with me, to be honest with you. If you could start a strap and with some wood ducks early on i'll take it all day but uh but you could definitely see some movement through here when i came in here to scout this hole before the season started um when i came into this hole with my boat they had ducks sitting in this hole wood ducks that were sitting in this hole um and, and really wasn't scared it didn't seem like because i was idling through my mud motor and they they never really jumped up till i got right up on the hole and i could see them and they could see me so uh, you could tell they hadn't had any pressure, which, you know, in the summertime before the season starts, there's nobody hunting. So obviously they're not going to be real skittish. But uh, it was uh, it was good to see that they had some birds back in here. So 
that's a good sign. And uh, I think coming in with my headlight, it looked like there was a couple of feathers on the water, so that's a good thing. Um, but, yeah, we, it's just new. It's exciting. Anytime you hunt a new hole like this, it's exciting. Um, we're not too, too far from where we hunted last week. So, hopefully, we get, oh, here's some geese. Is it? No, no, that's geese up top. Yeah, that's definitely geese up top. That's good. Oh, we got some. We got some geese moving, so that's a good thing. Well, no, that's up top. Yep. Okay. That's up top. <laughs> no. So anyway, well, guys, that's really all we got for this week. Uh, we'll give you guys an update on how we did on our social media page. So look for that. And uh, and we'll uh, hopefully we could put a strap of birds together this morning because tomorrow it looks like we're gonna get washed out with some severe weather tomorrow, a lot of lightning, and uh, I don't think we're gonna be able to make a hunt tomorrow, Jackson. So today we're gonna have to make it make it work. Yeah, that's definitely geese. They're right here above us. I don't know if you guys could hear that with the microphone. No, <laughs> that's definitely geese. So. But that's good. We got some geese moving early. So we're going to go ahead, guys. We're going to end it right here. We want to thank you once again for tuning in to this week's show and spending some time with me and Jackson. We hope you enjoyed it. I know we enjoyed spending time with you guys and, uh, and talking waterfowl hunting here in Louisiana. So until next time, don't forget to check us out on our social media pages, our YouTube channel. We got some content there for you guys. And we're always trying to get you some new stuff up on our YouTube channel as well as our Facebook and Instagram page. So go check those out if you haven't already. But until next time, that's it. This is Jacob and Jackson with Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors, guys. Y'all take care, and we'll do it again soon. Hey, guys. Jacob with Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. Are you looking to protect or give your firearm a fresh look? If so, let Wrap It Up Cajun Customs take care of it for you. We specialize in custom vinyl wraps in your favorite patterns from Mossy Oak and Realtree as well as many others. Request a quote now by visiting us on Facebook at Wrap It Up Cajun Customs or give us a call at 985-687-3953. This episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors is brought to you by Benoit Performance Baits. Bait and tackle for all your fishing needs. We offer some of the best soft plastics for bass, sacolay, and saltwater fishing. Whether it's a day on the water trying to catch a mess of fish for the family fish fry or a heavy bag to win a tournament, we have what you need and what the fish want. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok to place your order with Benoit Performance Baits today.